So I just want to say that from before, that's why I didn't want to mention any celebrity names. Paula Dean is alive and well. So that is awesome. Uh, it was Tammy Faye that actually got first diagnosed with um, colon cancer. And then it went into remission after the first year. And then she ended up with inoperable lung cancer. So just to say that, so I try not to do any kind of name drops because I really don't want to get into trouble. But it was Tammy Faye. So may she rest in peace. And Paula Dean is alive and well. So that is awesome news. Uh, I was just going to talk about how cancer has so many implications for me, but also for my family now. And it's not just helping me through this and watching me go through this. They have lifelong implications. So because I uh, had diagnosed with colon cancer, I had polyps, that means that my siblings now have to have uh, colonoscopies. And my children have to have colonoscopies too. So the rule of thumb is that uh, if you have a parent with uh, or a sibling or close relation with polyps, that you should be getting tested for colonoscopies 10 years prior to when they first got it. So me being 37, that puts my family uh, 27 years old. So as you can imagine how popular I am when I had to phone my brother and say, guess what you need to do in the next six months? Because that's what they recommend because he is over 27. My younger half-siblings who are not quite in their 20s yet, but definitely getting there, late teens. And I get to say, and it's not just me. Um, my dad also has polyps. So a combination that they now get to do, start colonoscopies a lot earlier than the general population. And as you can imagine, for a teenager, when we talk about having to put a camera up your butt and make it a regular thing, and they got to see what it was like to prep for a colonoscopy, they are super excited. But I figure if every Christmas is a reminder, I just send the whole family their own gift basket, a colonoscopy gift basket. So I'll send some Gatorade and I'll send some of the Colite and a nice card and even a picture of the tumor I have, I feel like I can print it on a Christmas card and that'll be kind of like a warning, you know, Merry Christmas. If you do not want this to happen to you, time for your yearly colonoscopy. So right now I am super popular with my family, uh, but it is what it is. Um, and I know so many people are like, I hate people say it is what it is, but it really is. It, there is no other way to explain it. it that's kind of what happens and health is really, really important. Uh, when I was in the, the doctor's office, I was actually very surprised when she was kind of telling me the odds with colon cancer. Because when I hear colon cancer, I immediately think of old man, right? Old men get colon cancer, not young people. Uh, but, um, and I, again, I, I my dad had polyps, but... And, nothing that's turned into cancer or anything, nothing concerning. So why me? Um, and I did find out that I'm what's called an outlier. So that means that I have really no history of colon cancer in my family. So there's no one in my family that has colon cancer, has had colon cancer, uh, and really not 
even any type of cancer. I mean, I've had, I think, great aunts and uncles who've ended up with cancer, but they've been in their 90s. So nothing alarming-wise. Uh, also, of my age group, I'm, I'm under 40. Uh, but the surgeon did say that it's very scary, the numbers of people or patients she's been seeing that are my age group. So the biggest age group that they're kind of seeing the biggest jump in is not the over 50 age group. It's actually between um, 40 and 50, followed by the late 30s, so 35 to 40, which is very scary that when they say that it's jumped significantly in the last 10 years and that um, the surgeons and the GI surgeons have been pushing for actually uh, for colonoscopies to start when you're 40 as opposed to 50 because the only way to detect colon cancer early and get it early is through a colonoscopy, right? It's inside you. If you're having symptoms, it's not uh, early stages. So spoiler alert, if you're having symptoms and it's you find out you have colon cancer, it's not early stages. So if you're hoping to get it stage zero, stage one, you do this through a colonoscopy. So they're really pushing actually to get colonoscopy starting at 40. Um, so here's my public service announcement. Go get a colonoscopy. It's a camera up your butt. As uncomfortable and unpleasant as that is, is a walk in the park compared to colon cancer. So that's, yeah. So I have, I'm, I'm an outlier. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I, I think it's a good thing. Um, so, you know, you kind of ask the doctor, well, is there something I could do differently? Like, was it my diet? What, what, did, what did I do differently? What can I do so this doesn't happen again? Well, it was bad luck. It was bad luck and probably environmental. Well, to me, bad luck is when I lock my keys in my car. I never considered getting cancer as bad luck. And then I start to think, so if it's bad luck that got me into the situation, I'm going to need a whole lot of good luck so it doesn't happen again. Because diet-wise, I eat pretty healthy. Are there things I can change? Of course there is. And have I been doing it? Oh yeah, big time. More vegetables and more colon-healthy foods. And I will get into that much later because I can talk for a whole episode on how much my kids love the amount of vegetables I've been pushing at them. Um, more exercise. Well, teaching during COVID, I probably definitely had my most sedentary year ever. I sat in front of a computer for a good eight hours plus a day. And I, the time the evening came and the, the kids were home and that, I was exhausted. And there was so many times I would just watch mind-numbing TV. So could I have been more active? For sure. Uh, do I want to be more active? 100%. But overall, I'm not an inactive, unhealthy person. I eat healthy and I exercise somewhat regularly. My weight is within normal range. Am I heavier than I want to be? Of course. But overall, I'm a healthy person. Um, when you get diagnosed too with cancer and they do your blood work and that, they do genetic markers just to see if you have any genetic markers for being predisposed to cancer. So these are things um, where if you have one of these markers, 
that they maybe will watch you more carefully or if there's things that you can do to prevent um, cancers in the future. So my genetic markers came back 100% clean. So I have no genetic markers for any kind of predisposed cancer. So this is really good for my children. And it is good for me because it does kind of take a weight off that it's not genetic that I, I am more predisposed or have a higher chances of getting it. But it is this whole idea that you got it because of bad luck or environment. And environment could be anything. It could be stress. It could be something in the environment that triggers it. Environment's just a big way of saying we don't know. And when a doctor kind of tells you we don't know, then you kind of are like, okay. Um, when it comes to colon cancer too, only 16% of people will have uh, colon cancers in their family. And again, I thought the number was higher. I don't know. When you think of cancer, you, you hear things and you kind of put it together and you think, you know, especially when they talk about genetic markers, that cancer is can be hereditary, and it is. But when it comes to colon cancer, I guess, only 16% have a family member. So again, that those numbers are kind of are shocking. Um, and that, uh, in a way, I kind of wish that I was the the person that had the genetic marker, but I don't wish that, of course. But even the person that was the one that ate a cheeseburger or all this unhealthy food every day, because then I know that there's something physically that I could do different and say, okay, if I were to cut cheeseburgers out and not have one for every meal, that I would lower my chances. And that this is what got me into this whole situation in the first place. It's something that I can fix and voila, I can move forward. But as there is nothing and it was bad luck, it just feels like a lot riding on good luck. Um, good luck. So, but because of it, I've been really, and I've talked about the positivity and staying positive and trying to embrace that positivity. So when I have, I've got this tumor in my, in my colon and I am willing to try anything to make myself healthy or, or not have cancer. And at this point in my life, I can, I 100% understand why there's people who turn to all sorts of things that aren't necessarily scientific just to be healthy. And why wouldn't you? When it is your life and you are willing to try anything. So a family friend, um, and this is before I went into the hospital, had given me, um, some rocks and uh i when i talk i'll talk about later on when i went to the hospital and how I, I kept them with me the whole time because why not um she talked to me about white light and pink light and healing and now whenever i'm laying at night all i can i, I think about just white light healing white light washing over me and i just try to picture white light uh when the moonlight streams through my windows i'm like it's white light and it's healing and anything uh, visualization has been kind of a big thing too. So at night, um, I kind of lay there and I think of me going through all parts of my body and healthy, you know, and I, I do that self-talk. So, you know, I got a really healthy brain and I, I move down and 
my lungs and I take, you know, big deep breaths and I talk about, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, I, I can take big deep breaths and I've got healthy lungs and I kind of move through my digestive tract. And at first, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to picture it and visualize and I have no idea what a colon looks like. So I, I looked one up. I was like, what does a healthy colon look like? Just to help me with my visualization. Um, so I go through and I, I picture myself going through and it's clear and it's pink and it's healthy. And sometimes I'll stumble and I'll, I'll be like, oh, it's, there's polyps there. And so I have, I start again and I go through and I'm like, nope, no polyps, nothing. It's, it's clear. It's good, you know? And the tumor, I, I physically, I can picture it shrinking or, you know, not not growing anymore like it's just there and then going through and that and that visualization and it's just another way to kind of take back some of that control um by saying you know what I, I am in control of my body and maybe i neglected it and i'll talk to myself and i'll say like okay you know guys cells we kind of let things get a little too far ahead of us and we're neglectful but you know what we're we're fighting and I will, you know, eat a whole bunch of kale and broccoli and cabbage and beans and orange juice and all of that. And I'll give you all the things you need to fight it. And I kind of do this with my son, too, because when he's sick and, you know, he, he gets sick and he doesn't want to eat and he doesn't want to drink and he doesn't feel good. And we talk about, well, you need to eat to stay healthy. You need to give your body the the tools and the weapons it needs to fight the viruses, so again, and he's, he's younger, right? So that visualization helps. We talk about the healthy foods and how he's got little his fighter cells in them and you're giving them the, the weapons that they need so they can fight the bad ones. And if you don't give them any weapons, they're, they're up against these nasty, nasty ones that are going to win. So I kind of try to take that and do it for myself. And, you know, it, it's calming and, and, and get to that place of, of calm and right, and I read somewhere <laughs> that uh, cabbage and turmeric are like a tumor's worst enemy. Turmeric. So uh, my my mother-in-law or my mother my mother-in-law, I've talked to her about it too, and cabbage and all the rest. And um, my stepmom came out, and she, we went and bought fresh turmeric, and her hands were all yellow because she was making me turmeric tea. And I was eating raw cabbage and I'm like, you know what, tumor, you know what, take the, have, take it, have the turmeric. So I've been trying to up those cancer fighting foods and that. So I read somewhere and I mean, maybe it is, maybe it's not, maybe it's a complete placebo effect. But at this point, I'm willing to try almost anything, especially if it's harmless. Like I, I up the turmeric um, contents in my diet. What? the best thing that could happen is it helps fight this tumor and, you know, stops it from growing. The worst thing that can happen, I have too much turmeric in my diet, right? So things like that. Um, and just those actual things where I feel like I can take some control back. And if that's what it is through diet and exercise and uh, any kind of visualization or anything, then I'm game. And I can completely, like I said, understand how other people turn to things because when it comes to your body and it comes to health, there's nothing that's more important than just 
being healthy so you can do all the other things that you want to do. 